Hi, everyone. This is Jenny G. Perry, and you are listening to Goddess and Gab. I want to introduce my guest who I've been talking to before. She's amazing. Her name is Linda Malone, and I wish you could see her picture because she is breathtaking. And when she said, I would not have believed that she's 57 if she didn't put it in her information, I'm like, can I be you when I grow up? Linda, (laughs) welcome. I want you to tell the audience a little bit about you. Thanks so much for having me on your show. I really appreciate it. Um, I just, I have um, a background in fitness and I've been, I started working as a personal trainer back in the eighties when I was 35. And I have since, I did that for about 15 years and I continue to do that. But I also did a lot of, and still do a lot of freelance writing where I write uh, fitness articles for uh, sites like prevention and health and family circle and that sort of thing. Uh, but I specialize in helping women over 50 because I am over 50 and I know specifically what the challenges are since I have been there and done that. And it's, it's not easy. I can tell you that. It was awesome. there. I know we've been, we were talking about a million things before the call, just trying to firm up um, what exactly we wanted to talk about. Cause I always like it to be fun for both me and for who I'm interviewing, where I want it to be a fun experience when we're chatting. And so I'm just like picking her brain about what her, what her, what the fitness, fitness myths are, but not just the fitness myths over 50, but in general. And so what do you think the fitness myths are in general, especially in like this Amazon prime, like you were saying era of like, give it to me now. Like, can you imagine if it was like order up weight loss overnight, Amazon prime it, like people would be on that. I know. And I wish I could figure that out because I would have my own private island right now floating around somewhere. Um, (laughs) And that is, that's the thing is we want things instantly. And there's a lot of reasons why this is so. And one is the technology. You know, we have instant access to everything now. So we expect that, why can't we do this with our bodies? And the problem is our bodies haven't changed, you know, as technology hasn't changed us. And, you know, and so we we have these unrealistic expectations and part of it too is a lot of the reality shows that show this rapid weight loss. And there's been a lot of news out too about how unhealthy some of these approaches have been. And, but we still, you know, a lot of people, and I run into this every day, they expect to be able to do things that are just not realistic. And then they get frustrated when it can't happen quick enough and they stop doing whatever it is that they were doing, whether it's exercising or eating right. And the key is that it's a lifelong thing. You know, when you make changes, they have to be something you can live with. And it's just not, it's boring compared to, hey, you can do these crunches and you'll have flat abs, you know, eat this one food or don't eat this one food and you'll, you'll lose 10 pounds. It, you know, it's just not as simple as we hear or we'd like to believe. Oh, and you know, I just had a quick question about, um, a food myth that I think that um, I would like to hear what you have to say about it. Because I know for myself, I will do like protein shakes as, you know, fast nutrition because I, you know, have a busy life and that way I make sure I'm not like ever depriving myself and I plan ahead with my meals. But if I were to have like a big hoagie or a big sandwich, I don't know if you've ever heard the word hoagie. I know some people call them subs, but a big <laughs> hunkin' sandwich. If I have that on one of my indulge days, I don't call it cheat day because I think that there's power in words. And when we say it's a cheat day, it's almost like you're doing something wrong versus just indulging. But if I had that big sandwich, it makes me tired. So does that have to do with the gluten? Like, what do you feel about this like gluten-free craze that we're on right now? 
Well, I have a mom who has celiac disease. So she has an, an celiac disease as opposed to like a gluten sensitivity, for example, is, is an autoimmune disease that where your body actually develops antibodies when you eat gluten. So it is a real serious thing where she can't have it. Um, when you have some a disorder, an actual disorder, and you're eating something that you don't tolerate well like that, well, in her case, she would get really sick. But if you just have a sensitivity, you can get bloated and feel brain fog. I mean, there's all sorts of things. And I think a lot of people have even just low-grade sensitivities to food that they're not aware of that can be creating these things. And you know, I, I don't know, um, you know, how rampant it is, but I mean, the basic thing, if you're eating something, you feel bad afterwards and there's probably something either in the food or maybe you ate too much. I mean, there's so many things that could cause that feeling. I think I, I know exactly what you mean. I think some of it is, is the too muchness Mm -hmm. because we're really not meant to have a ridiculous amount of any quantity. Like we're really, it's, it's not art. Like the portions that they give you at a restaurant, that's like, two servings right there. Like if they oh, give you least. pasta, it's ridiculous. I don't know anybody that can actually eat the whole thing of pasta at one time. I was just curious about that because everything is like, you know, you read about, about everybody being gluten-free and then there's other people that are like, okay, I've been thin, you know, for forever. And I have, you know, and I have wheat. I've also done like the sprouted, like Ezekiel breads that were like supposed to be better for like, um, Mm-hmm. the glycemic index and yeah. I just like the flavor of them to be honest with you I would have like you know egg whites on that with avocado and salsa just as like a, a nice morning kind of wake up yeah. um but the, I, I did that for like a long time now I'm on protein shakes in the morning because I just found found that I go through cycles of what works for me and then I want to do something different and that was one of the questions that I wanted to ask you was I was saying how I don't like running and I know that if I were to bust my butt and like take like some of these core fit classes, which I have, I've done, you know, major kickboxing classes where they like, they're like, you can burn a thousand calories in one session. And that place actually went out of business. (laughs) No, no joke. Um, But then my schedule has not been conducive for me to get to the gym lately. And so I've been doing that at home workouts. So what do you want to say to people who they really feel like the only way that they're going to get the results that they want, because they don't want to lose 50 pounds. You're talking like 10, 15, 20, like not a major weight loss, but they feel like there's only kind of one way to do it, which is like restricting everything they eat and then going like balls to the wall, like hardcore workout. No, I mean, and that's, that's one of the reasons why people, a lot of people don't even start because that is, they, they see exercise as punishment. And it just, it shouldn't be like that. You know, it's like, oh, I ate something bad. So now I'm going to go and run for an hour. And you're right in that a lot of people just are simply not biomechanically built to run. I can't. I mean, I have arthritis in my knee. I can do other things. But to say, you know, and and running outside is just so hard on your joints. I'm thinking of, you know, the pounding on the asphalt and especially, you know, with the, the clientele I deal with who are women over 50, a lot of them can't do it just because it hurts. I, the key is to find something that you like. And also we had talked about this earlier is to vary your routine because for a couple of reasons, one is your body adapts. So even if, and I get this a lot where even if it's not a woman is running, but sometimes she walks X number of miles a day or however much time. And she'll say, I've been doing this for two years and I can't seem to lose this weight. 
Well, what happens is your body becomes efficient at whatever it is you're doing over and over and over. So the good news is it's easier. And the bad news is you're burning fewer, <laughs> fewer calories because you have become efficient. So the, the thing is to change your workout. And one of the things I have to throw in here too is that strength training is the most often neglected part of working out, especially for women. And I still, I hate to say it, but there's still a lot of women who say, you know, I'm so afraid of getting big muscles. And I, that is never, I've been a trainer for like 20 years. I've never seen a woman who did the weights that, you know, that I prescribed quote unquote for them. And they, they would not, they wouldn't get big. I mean, you just, you get more tone, but you don't get, um, you don't get the size like a man would. You just don't have the testosterone you know, as a woman. I think but that's that, like, you just busted another fitness myth right there. Because I have heard women say they don't want to bulk up. And you're like, baby, you don't even have what it takes in your body to do that without <laughs> manipulating it. And also, this is the thing for, for that I only know from like having friends that have done fitness competitions. And you would be able to elaborate on this. But when they see like those women that are in um, fitness competitions where you almost see like the veins and whatnot popping. One of my friends who did that, who doesn't look like that anymore because it's not a sustainable level to be at. She was restricting, she was having like no fat and mess with her period. And also like that day of that competition, they have not had any water in like 24 hours. And then yeah. literally the minute they start drinking water that next day, they, their body changes and it all of a sudden gets like the water balance changes. They don't look that same toned, which yeah. is, I had no idea until somebody actually had told me that who'd been through a competition. Oh, yeah. And if you see, I mean, some of the things, the practices that go on are, are really horrendous. And I, because years ago, and I've been working out with weights for over 35 years. So I've been through different incarnations. And when I was in my 30s, I'd have a couple of trainers at one of my gyms that suggested I, I try to compete. And it was, I said, I'd be interested in a fitness competition, but not a bodybuilding because there's two, you know, fitness is more gymnastics sort of related. And so, but he said, and two people said this to me, they said, well, you know, you're going to have to take a small dosage of, and he talked about these illegal uh, steroids. And I said, I'm not oh doing goodness. that. And he said, you're not, I said, these fitness women do that? Cause you would, they're not big and bulky, but they are very, very cut. Meaning that you, know, you can really see their muscle definition. And he said, oh yeah. He said, there's no way you can get, you can get what you, he says, and he actually laughed at me. He said, you can't get like that without something. He said, you think those women are natural? He says, you're kidding. Now I can't say that obviously all of them are, but there's there's some stuff going on that you probably don't even know. And that's the thing. So women who are clearly not doing this and would not want to take that approach are comparing themselves to someone who's gotten there from, you know, by means that are just not healthy. And whether it's starving yourself, depriving yourself of water or taking something, you know, a drug, it's just not, a, it's not a good way to, to, you know, it's not something to strive for. No, I agree with you. And you know what? I think that this is another myth that we're busting here too, is that one of the things that infuriates me, like I, I show my before and afters and there's no, I have no um, judgment towards somebody getting the lap band or any of the surgeries. I did not get anything done. This was like literally like getting up too early in the morning for my taste and working out at the gym and really like I cut out all sugar for a time. Like that's how I did it. Um, because I was, you know, at the place where I was having a lot of sugar and I just had two small kids at home. I literally fell into like that trap of um, that haggard housewife type of thing. Um, 
And now when you look at pictures, you're like, that was really you because it just wasn't me. But I look back and once you self-analyze, you understand like all, you know, all of where you were coming from. Um, and I, I had not found writing yet. So I had this untapped creativity in me. And so when you don't have like a purpose besides just your children, I think that sometimes we get stifled and, and we do some unhealthy things because we haven't found something that really makes us come alive besides just our children. But one of the myths that, that I want to talk about here. So when I had lost all this weight, I had this extra skin where my belly is. And I may, you know, within the next year or two, like get, you know, a tummy tuck or a breast lift or whatever. I'm not a close set. But what really pisses me off is when celebrities will get on the cover of a fitness magazine and make it seem like all they did was breastfeed and that was it. And they, they didn't even exercise. And this is the way their body looks like. I think there's a lot of lies that get, that get, um, you know, spread in the magazines. And it's like, you know what? I, I loved when Patricia Heaton actually said that she got a breast lift and a tummy tuck because mm-hmm. she, had, she had had four babies and she'd birthed four sons. And she's like, I want, to, you know, to put my body back to where it was. I, I actually, I was like, thank you for being honest. Like right. I just, I think that we all need that honesty there because it's hard to get back in shape, in shape after a baby. And yeah. sometimes it doesn't go back exactly the way it was because it's impossible. It's skin. Right. Yeah. I never had kids, but I have friends that have that are that, I mean, I'm in California, so it's, it's practically a requirement that you get plastic surgery at some part in your, point in your life. <laughs> so, I mean, there's no, there's nothing judgmental out here about it. And, and there's at least two, three women I know off the top of my head that have had various surgeries and they've had kids and they want to get their body back. And there's just, there's nothing wrong. To me, it's like whatever makes you feel good. And if, Oh my goodness. Yeah. Yeah. There's so much body shaming. And, and I had that I had an eating disorder and I was in my twenties and I am paying the price dearly now because I have osteoporosis throughout my bones and people think, Oh, you lift weights. You should, you know, have the strongest bones. Yeah. Well, that's what I thought. I went for a density test a few years ago. And so I'm, you know, it's very, you know, there are things that you do during your life that you don't think are going to affect you that do. And I was anorexic for very a long time. And it, um, that was at an age where I was laying down bone, you know, in my body. And the other thing too, I, I became anorexic because I started going to a modeling school and I wanted to be a model, which I am nowhere near tall enough. I'm five, four on a good day, you know, and, but you're taller than me. I'm five foot. So <laughs> <laughs> You're so tiny. So, but the thing, you know, so you go to these extremes, even when you're a teenager and then you, you learn better. And I mean, it took me probably 10 years to get over it. And, and, uh, and that's the other thing too, is I tell women, you know, you do all the right things. And this is at any age you, you eat clean, meaning, you know, as preservative free as you can and, and as, uh, you know, no junk food and you, um, exercise as re- regularly, just make it a part of your lifestyle and let your weight fall where it may. If you're doing everything right, you will be at a healthy weight. And that's how I tell people, you know, because, you know, we talked about can a woman in her 50s continue to weigh what she did in her 20s? And probably not. I think it's, I don't know, it depends on what you weighed in your 20s, obviously. And, but like you said about your friend who, um, who runs in the marathons, I think that like, if you see certain people, like I have a medium build, I'm not, I'm five foot, but my mom has smaller shoulders and like legs at five, six now with osteoporosis, she's like five, four, but, um, but she has like a thinner build than I do. And that's something where when I was a bulimic teen, it was like, I wanted to have that thigh gap. 
and I'm, I'm more of a powerhouse type of thing where I will always have a butt. And the first thing that I can firm up is my thighs. Like I could like crack walnuts with my thighs <laughs> because they just firm up really easily. But that's my build. I uh-huh. kick after my father's side of the family. So my dad's side of the family, if you eat whatever you want, you will be overweight. And the ones who have to watch their sugar and watch what they eat, you're better off anyway. Hello. But then they're on the thinner side. But right. I think that's a good point because it's almost like, you know, like remember when Oprah lost all the weight and she looked like a bobblehead? I love Oprah, but she just, she was so unusually like proportioned when she was at her thinnest yeah. and she couldn't maintain it because, right. you know, that was fighting against her natural body. Right. Is that when she brought the wheelbarrow out? Of- yes. Oh, uh-huh. Mm-hmm. So gross. Yes. <laughs> it, I, I know, wasn't it? Uh, so, yeah. But it's, yeah, but it's not so realistic that- for her. I know. I well, and that's the thing is, I, like I said to you, is I I'm focused on right now what's sustainable for me, and I know that I have to move my body because I feel better. But also, something I always like to point out to people is that, like, you know, whether you call it chi or prana or life force, like you're not meant to sit at a computer every day, like as some people do for their job, and then get in their car and sit in traffic, and then get home and sit on a couch, like. You need to have the energy moving through and you can actually have like emotions and stuck energy in your body versus like if you're mad or in a bad mood, go for a walk, go for a run, exercise. And on the other side, you will feel different. It's like you, you release these toxins through your sweat and just like getting your, your blood pumping. But for you, for you to tell them what is, um, what is your way to, to take care of the pooch belly and also keep the firm up all over because we know that we see like the you know eight minute ads and all of a sudden you're going to do ads and no matter what you weigh your ads are going to look great which you know (laughs) (laughs) well you kind of you hit on something too about you know if you've had babies and you have loose skin there's exercise you know it depends on the person it depends on how long it's been since you've had babies because I've had I had a client that had um, I don't know how many children she had, but her doctor had told her that um, I, I actually she had a C-section. So he said when he was in there, he pulled together her abdominal muscles because he said those they had kind of spread apart during the pregnancy. And he said, I don't care how many crunches you do. Those aren't coming back together. And so I surgically fixed them. It was, and I, this was years ago. I don't know exactly all the technical terms he used, but he, he had told her that they never would have come together. So if you have had surgeries, then you'd have to ask your doctor first, you know, is this something that is possible or, you know, to, to do, but if under normal circumstances, if you've just gained weight and you want a flatter stomach, the number one thing to do is you really need to hone in on your diet because you can do crunches till the cows come home and you can strengthen those muscles. But if you have fat over the muscle, you're never going to see the muscle. And, you know, people think, and I don't, I don't know why this myth still prevails. Talk about myths that if you do crunches, you're going to burn off fat around your abs. You can't spot read. That's called spot reducing where you do a leg lift and you think you can burn off fat off your thighs and you'll strengthen the muscles. Sure. But it's, you need to lose fat all over in order to lose fat around your abdominals. And abdominals tends to be sort of like a transient fat. Like a lot of times when people lose weight, they will lose it first around their abdominals. But for some people, it's the last place they lose it. So it it really does, it varies. But you really have to lose weight all over. And the first thing, you need to look at your diet. Does that make sense? Mm. Oh, my goodness. I think I I heard Jillian Michaels one time say, like, you can't, you can't, 
Oh, and I'm going to like butcher the comment, but it was something about like, you can overeat exercise, like whatever amount of exercise you do, you can like eat to kind of like counterbalance oh, that yeah. because you people think like they do a workout, let's go get lunch. And it's like, you know, you're just like, you just destroyed your workout. Like you literally, now you got to go for another run. Yeah. But so then the keys are firming up everywhere. What do you like? What, what is your routine that you find that works best with your clients to firm up? Weight training, number one. I mean, there's no way to firm up. And I, I want to mention, too, that at the age, mid-30s is when you start losing muscle, which is a natural process. And this, what this does is a couple of things. Since muscle burns more calories at rest than fat, which virtually burns nothing at rest, your metabolism drops. So at the age of 30, about 35, 36, your metabolism starts to slow down. So the way to reverse this is by building a little muscle. And this is something that, you know, again, a lot of women are afraid of, but in order to get tone, you can't tone fat. You can only tone muscle. So you need to do some sort of resistance training. And it doesn't mean you have to go crazy. You know, you can do a home workout, like you had mentioned. You can use, you don't have to even use dumbbells. You can use your own body weight. You can use resistance tubing, which is a really easy, cool thing to have at home because you can tuck them away and they weigh nothing to travel with them. You can use, you can make it fun by using, you know, kettlebells or as long as something is challenging your muscles, that's the key. And that's, that's what will get you firm all over because walking and cardio, I mean, that's all great for burning calories, but it's not enough to firm your muscles. I, I completely agree on that one. And what I always look at it as with weight is that it feels fun to actually like when you are, when you feel those muscles being active, like that feeling of being strong. And I think that that's one of those things from, I'm picturing you like working out with like the, the spandex on for, cause remember how funny the outfits were back in the day? Like if we showed up at a gym right now, like me and you walked in arm in arm with like the song body shoot over the shiny pants, they would ask us to leave. They'd be like, listen, you perverts. Like, but, but when you watch like, you know, old Jane Fonda workouts, like that was like the norm and everything was so high waisted. It's insane. Like it was supposed to make your leg look long, but like, Oh my goodness. Yeah. There was just so much wrong with that. Or wore, but, I wore those by the way, just so you know. <laughs> oh yeah. I love it. I absolutely love it. But, um, that way, cardio was king back then. And then now it's, you know, I think that the idea was to be thin enough. It was like, you know, it was before breast implants. So it was like, you know, everybody was like this, as thin and thin and thin as you can be. And now it's, it's changed to more of a fitness base. Like how fit can you be? And I love the feeling of that you know, if your goal is to be fit and strong, then every time you work out, you've already won versus this unachievable place. Like you spoke about with Biggest Loser, there's so many of these people that are gaining all the weight back. And it breaks my heart because I know they have so much shame involved in that, but it was like, there's no way that they were going to be able to sustain that level of working out on a regular basis. And if they would have done a slower build, they would have been able to sustain that. Also, this is where I wanted to, um, for you to talk about the mindset piece, because when someone has gone from an obese place where these people were on Biggest Loser, when they um, become thin, it is literally like you have changed as a person completely. And that's really hard for some people to adapt to. So what are the mindset things that you think that they need to change? Like what is the mindset advice that you would say for people that want to lose weight in a healthy way? Well, the mindset, um, so there's a few different things. Is there something like a particular 
like mindset question that you have? Like I'm thinking saying body image or their mindset in their approach or. Well, like when people come to you, like let's use the example of some of the people that um, they're already like, let's use the example of people that want to lose weight and they're like, but I, but I, you know, don't seem like I try everything. This is a common thing right. people come to me right. <laughs> is I've tried everything and I can't lose weight. What do you say to them? Cause that's just like, that's complete bullshit. But go ahead. I know. I know. Well, that, that's the thing is I had someone say to me, I was talking to another fitness professional. We were talking about this exact statement and he had a great point. He says, when people say that it means it's an incomplete sentence. It means I've tried everything that I was willing to try. Like there, and the thing is, there's two things. One is that if you tried something, that means you probably saw it as a temporary fix and let's, let's go on this diet. And so that's the first mistake is it has to be a, a habit that you can sustain. I'll give you an example with myself. So when I hit the age of 50, I had, what happens is when you have um, an eating disorder, a lot of times there's this rebound effect. So I was starving myself for so many years. I actually gained, I was overweight for a while. And when I hit the age of 50, I decided I wanted to cut back. And what I did is at night, and I was not weighing myself at times, so I don't even know how much I weighed. Um, I just stopped eating after dinner. And within a year, I lost 10 pounds. And I didn't know until I went to the doctor. But this is something I have maintained since then. So I took a habit, and this is what I tell everyone to do. do pick something you can do and just do it consistently. But you can't ever go back because as soon as you go back to your old habits, the weight will come back on. And that's typically what happens. And so I think people try to change things too fast. So the mindset would be, you know, what can I do this week? to make a simple change. And it could be something as simple as eliminating alcohol during the week, which I found with my clients was a huge thing. And you know, the wine at night is such a, you know, I've had, I had a client say, don't you ever just, you know, go home and, and just want to have a glass of wine. It's just never been my thing. But when I had people cut back on the, on the wine, they would lose weight. And a lot of it, yeah, would be bloat, but it's also calories. So one thing and take that at a time, mm -hmm. but I think it's to, don't expect a big change overnight. And it's so hard. It's, it's a matter of having patience and, and not giving up too soon. And that is the biggest obstacle I think most people have is they just give up and then they go, it's just, okay, I'm done. I tried this. It didn't work. And so I'm back to square one. And then they're frustrated. And also comparing your journey to anybody else's of right. what works. Cause you know, if women are, you know, oftentimes like, you know, this is, this will be running after the first of the year and people will be heading into spring and that pressure, you know, where there's less clothes and on the East coast, there's a pressure here to, you know, start to like to take off that winter weight and two buddies will start to, you know, join the gym together or whatever. And sometimes somebody's going to lose weight at a different pace than you are. And you can't compare your journey to somebody else's because you have different bodies. Right. Especially if it's a men and women. Like I used to work with a lot of couples and this was sort of funny. So I have a husband and wife and if they would both decide to lose weight and I can think of this one couple in particular and the man will always lose weight faster because he has more muscle. And so again, it's metabolism, right? So I was working with this couple and the husband was losing weight faster than the wife. And she was so frustrated. She would start sabotaging him, like putting mayonnaise in his sandwiches. And, and so he had no idea. That is hilarious. 
it was really funny. And that would happen, but I would have to tell them, don't, you know, don't compare yourself, your progress to your husband's because it's just, it's two different metabolisms and you're two different people. And, and so, but it could be frustrating if you have a friend that is, and it could be just another girlfriend that just happens to, you know, lose weight easier than you. And yeah, just be on your own journey and just compete with yourself. Don't compete with somebody else. It just doesn't work. Well, and also that just reminds me of the fact that it's like you really, everything always has to be focused on yourself because I can't tell you how many women where you, they'll talk about the way they look and you're like, your perception is so off on the way you look. Like it's really, it always has to come back to self-love. If you don't love yourself, it doesn't matter what you weigh because you're going to get to the goal. And and that's the one thing that I would say is our, is our final fitness myth there is that they really think that losing weight is going to make them happy or right. going to make them really love themselves. And that has to be something that you, it's a journey inside where right. you have to realize that it's not like some magic. I thought that that would happen when I lost 50 pounds and it was, I was mistaken. And it kind of made me see that it was translatable to anything. Like if you get the guy, you get the job, you get whatever the thing is that you think is going to be like the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. It's always, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> and it's really always about yourself. And if you think you don't like yourself because of the way you look, once that weight comes off, you got to look inside and look at the places like, where do you really not like yourself? And, and that's something that's super important on the journey in that, like, when you're on a weight loss journey, like, be kind to yourself. Like, it's, it should be, you and I both did very toxic things yeah. when we were younger that were the negative. And so if you have, like, this negative toxic journey, the result is going to be negative and toxic. It right. has to be this healthy self-love you know, taking care of yourself and think of it like that. Like, I love that you say it's really lifestyle because it's like, whatever you do now, like you're now experiencing with your body choices from your lifestyle in the past. And now stuff that you're doing, that's good lifestyle stuff. You'll experience, you know, all the benefit of that in years in the future. So it's right. all about lifestyle. Right. And, and exercise, lifestyle. you want to exercise and work out and be active because you love your body, not because you're punishing yourself for eating something you shouldn't have eaten. And that is a mindset that I think is also very important. Like as you said, you know, that you, you're taking care of yourself. It, it should be something you enjoy. And one of the things too, is to have a friend that is supportive to do it with you. And that has been, I've seen time and time again, like at, at my gym there, cause I, I love going, we have a gym that's real close by and I love going to the gym and there are so many couples and sometimes they're just friends. Sometimes, you know, husband and wife, they come in and they work out together and they're always in there together and they support each other. And that's huge. You just don't want to get a lazy because then they'll, they'll drag you down. So you have to be careful who you pick. I know. Well, it's no accountability. I think that that's why somebody would um, would come to you, which I, you just busted another fitness myth too, is that, that exercise is not about punishment. It's about loving your body. But so that's why somebody would, the accountability is why somebody would come to you because whether you have a buddy that you're committed to walking every day or going to the gym, if you have a coach and somebody that you're working out with, that accountability, there is nothing like that. When you have to like say, what you're doing to somebody and somebody is going to help you find like better ways to do it. There's nothing like that. So I want you to tell people how they can find out more about you and how they can work with you. Yeah, I have a website, agelessafter50.com or lindamalone.com. And I also, I have a bunch of freebies on my website there. I have a seven day, it's a free challenge that you get a new video every day that you can do at home. It's a workout. And I also have some paid programs. Actually, I'm just launching something, a 90-day program that is 
just I'm just starting to launch it now by January will be complete so you can do you can work with me directly and that that includes one-on-one -on -one accountability and, and it's through um, it's online so it can be you can be anywhere and, and do it but it's it will get you on the on the right path you know a lot of people don't know how to get started or if they've been doing it for a while and they just need a change it's a good way to to bump up your results to the next level I love that. Yeah, not knowing where to get started. Like um, I'm lost and I need someone to guide me. So yes, if you need a fitness guide who is beautiful on the inside and out, then go to Melinda Malone because she is amazing. And I think that she's also very relatable, which I really love because sometimes for us regular people and then for fitness people, there can be this disconnect where we feel like, well, you're going to make us have to be crazy and insane like on The Biggest Loser. And that's not what you're doing, which to me is so much better because it means that the results are going to be long lasting. You're going to create a lifestyle for them and not just that quick fix. Amazon exactly. prime weight loss. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Maybe we're onto something. We should try that. I know seriously, <laughs> but I, but I don't know if anybody's ever told you that before, but I think that's really awesome because um, I've had trainers myself and some of them can be like really hardcore and not feel as, as loving and compassionate. And there's that balance for you where, you want to hold them accountable and, and all of us coaches have to make sure we, we help them see past their bullshit, but we're not too hard as to almost sabotage them. And you know, what's interesting is when I was doing one-on-one -on -one, um, and I would go into people's homes and sometimes people would want that trainer that yelled at them. And when they found that I was not like that, they did not want to work with me. It's not how I work. And I had someone the other day that talked to me on the phone and, and doing a consult and she said, um, she was, she goes, you're so personable. She says, I really like that. And, and so I think it's important. Yeah. I don't put myself on, you know, I've been through so much, you know, I've had an eating disorder. I have all sorts of things. I'm almost, I'll be 58 next month. I mean, I, you know, I can relate to all of it. So it's, you know, I don't consider myself any different except I've just been doing this for a long time and I have all the certifications behind me. But besides that, you know, we're all just, uh, we're all the same. On a journey. Yeah, exactly. I think, yes, you bring, you bring the know-how and the wisdom, but you bring that kindness that I think is really refreshing. And, um, and maybe some people have this idea of fitness people in their minds, like we're talking about fitness contests. And, you know, that's, they, they don't realize that there is relatable and people that would help them that would understand where they're coming from. So, well, thank you so much for being on here. This has been awesome and so much valuable information and so many fitness myths you busted today that people are going <laughs> to, um, be able to learn a lot from from you, and I look forward to connecting with you in the future. This has been so awesome. Thanks so thank much. Thank you Jenny. so much. I appreciate, I appreciate yeah. you asking me. <laughs> awesome. So, all right. Thank you guys, and listen to us next time on Goddess and Gab. This is Jenny G. Perry. Take care.